Good morning and welcome to the Coffee and Cap Rates podcast, your go-to source for New York City's latest commercial real estate insights. This program is brought to you by Ariel Property Advisors. Hi, everybody. I'm Shimon Shkuri, president of Ariel Property Advisors. And today, we have a team that focuses in Manhattan on 96th Street. We're going to talk about what happened in the past six months. My partner, Mike Tortorici, is here with us. Our colleagues and directors, Howard Raber and Matt Gillis and Jack Moran. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Let's talk Manhattan. Several notable transactions took place in Manhattan, specifically in the multifamily market, in the first half of 2021. Why were they notable? What were the transactions? Tell us, can someone talk to us a little bit about it? So in terms of larger transactions, you did see you know, Stonehenge acquire 920 Park Avenue, which is a 68-unit elevator mixed-use building. I mean, they paid about $864 a foot. But I think what's more interesting is that the large transactions, yes, they're representative of the institutions that are buying, but the majority of the activity really was in the smaller units, six to nine unit multifamily buildings, You know where that's where you saw an increase across the board. You saw a 65% increase in volume, 73% in transactions, and a plus 77 in actually the number of properties. And we saw, I think, the draw there that the taxes might be more manageable with 2A, 2B statuses. We're seeing that perhaps financing options were easier to come by based on a smaller check size for these buildings, but also that they were in areas that are vibrant, whether it's downtown, Lower East Side. So there's a lot of attraction to those types of properties right now. What about the office market? Anybody saw any interesting transactions there or trends there? Um, Yeah, absolutely, Shimon. So overall, the the trend that we've seen in the office market in general prior to any sort of COVID situation onset was downward trending, right? And basically all COVID did was create more of a downward pressure on it. When you look at the overall numbers year over year, I mean, we had a 66% drop in the overall transaction volume. Uh, You know, the dollar volume was down 45%. So that's almost cut in half, basically, right? There are a few larger transactions, let's say north of a couple hundred million dollars, but in general, the office market slowed which again, was a continuation of what we had seen in the past. And the pandemic just kind of perpetuated that. All right. Lend has been interesting in Manhattan below 96th Street. It's below $500 a buildable foot. Mike, I know you traded some of it and, and you're working on a few other deals. What do you see in the lend market and the development market in general? Yeah, look, it's been a challenging period through COVID for development sites. And as you mentioned, pricing right now, in many cases, under $500 a buildable foot probably the lowest levels we've seen since the Great Recession, which to us means that this is a real buying opportunity. It's not very long that Manhattan stays out of demand for, for people. But right now, we're seeing a market that's really battling some oversupply that's been around for a while. And we're keeping a very close eye on absorption rates and the months of supply that's on the market. And I was recently looking at a Miller-Samuel report that basically pegged the 10-year average for months of supply on the market in Manhattan at around 11 months or so for condos. And what we're seeing right now is really a divergence between two markets. If you look at the 3 million and up segment, they're hovering right now at around 20 months of supply on the market. They've been that way for quite some time. They've made some drastic improvement, especially in the last few months, but they've still got a bit of a ways to go. What's interesting is that the 3 million and under market, entry level, smaller units, they've seen some real drops during 2021. Right now, they're hovering at or a little bit below 10-month supply. So it's clear that that segment of the market 
is tightening. I think that we could expect to see developers look to develop lower price entry-level units, and that leads to some more activity on the development site market. That market's tightening and the supplies have got to go somewhere. So we're seeing some optimistic on that should pick up in the next year or so. And you know, Mike, another point as you're talking about that is that developers now, even though we say that the multifamily market is tight, right, and people are looking at it, they're thinking two years in advance. So they're exactly. saying, you know what, the cycle is going to change and they're really going to try to take it, be that first guy back in the pool, so to speak, and they'll hopefully get a head start. You know, So they're saying, you know what, I'll take advantage now or pay something a premium today, perhaps, because I'll be first back out when that cycle changes. 100%. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, there is the expiration of the Affordable New York program that's on some people's minds. But for, for Manhattan, really, that's the fallback. Rental development's not super common. It's hard for 400, 500 plus a buildable square foot sites to support rental development. So really, it's, it's a condo market. And if someone's going to be building condos, they might as well buy right now at, at these prices that are coming out. Unless you see more JVs coming down the pike, right? True. JVs and land leases, which people are looking at these days. Yep. That's right. I mean, part of what we're seeing right in the, in the market is that the north of 3,300 condominium units selling in the second quarter, which, as you said, is probably one of the best in the past 10 years, one of the three best in quarters in the past three, uh, 10 years. And it's known that developers in Manhattan below 96 are developing condominiums. So I agree with you 100%. I mean, I also think that there is probably a price advantage right now. And so these, these prices below $500 buildable for an average is not going to last forever. Jack, in general, any thoughts about Manhattan and what you're seeing there? You're working a lot with Mike and Howard and, and Matt there, and I wanted to see what you're seeing. Yeah, I actually wanted to touch upon the pricing metrics briefly. So for the first half of 2021, it's really not good enough to look back and say, okay, this is what happened. What's next? You have to place these numbers in a historical context, right? You have to look back the past five, 10 years, whatever it may be, to see how these first six months stacked up against the first six months of the first year of previous years. So if we're looking at the first half of 2021 for multifamily properties, 10 units and up, the average per square foot was $655. Now, we only have to go back two years to 2019, and that number was up at $964. So if you're a multifamily investor, you look around in Manhattan, or you're looking to enter Manhattan for the first time, you see right off the bat, especially if you're an investor that places emphasis on price per square foot, which a lot of them do, it's one of the most common metrics, you're looking at a 33% discount from where we were just two years prior. If you want to look at it from a price per unit basis, the first six months of 2021, we were at $486,000 per unit. Traditionally, from 2014 to 2019, $700,000 per unit was the benchmark, more or less. We're hovering right around that mark. One number that's really stuck out to me was we're noticing that buildings are trading, on average, above a five cap. We finally reached that threshold. I think the average for the first six months of 2021 was 5.05. Going back 2014 to 2019, again, you're looking anywhere between three and a half to 4% caps on average. So if you're an investor and you're looking in Manhattan right now, you know, you got to be licking your chops, I think, because we're seeing metrics that we really have not seen before in the past five, 10 years. Right. And I think that's a good point. And we're seeing the demand already there. And as I said before, and I'll say it again, I think that Manhattan pricing today is a lot more attractive than many other places in the country. And we are seeing the uptick in pricing as well. So I don't think that's going to last for a very long time. Two things to remember. We went through Aegis CPA, Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act in 2019. We changed how the world looks at rent-stabilized units and definitely put a little bit of a pricing issue there. But we also went through 2020, which was COVID and vacancy, et cetera. What was very interesting to me, at least, 
is the past six months and it's from January to June in terms of a bounce back. And, and I know all of us are feeling it. Moving forward, just closing words for everybody, if, if you want to jump in. Moving forward, how do you feel this market is moving forward in terms of bouncing back? Do we continue that? Do you see that stopping anytime soon? Are we going to see a positive movement in pricing and transactions, in your opinion, in Manhattan on 96th Street? I'm very optimistic for the, what the rest of the year holds and for 2022. I think multifamily is poised for a pretty significant bounce back. Definitely some interesting things happening right now. If you think back just three months ago, let alone six months or a year ago, people were thinking that vacancies would remain elevated north of 5% in Manhattan. They were thinking that concessions would last at least through the end of the year. And just in a matter of months, those assumptions have been flipped on their head. Vacancies tightened a lot faster than people think. Concessions are on the way out and rents are starting to really recover with some real push behind them. So I think that with the floor settling in on the revenue side, it'll give investors more confidence to bid competitively and aggressively, especially with today's low interest rate environment. And that should result in some more transactions, improved pricing, not necessarily soaring pricing, but improved pricing. And I think it's going to be an exciting 18 months ahead of us. You're absolutely right. Say, I actually agree with Mike. You're saying from the optimism, I think what we haven't touched on yet, though, is how the retail components of these buildings are affecting the transactions. And I think to Mike's point, we talk about the recovery of the multifamily, especially when we talk about the Lower East Side or the more vibrant areas where you've seen a bounce back faster than others. That neighborhood retail is going to be important for those buildings as well, because that's going to see, whether from a financing perspective, that make those buildings attractive for an owner, for a buyer. But also just from a revenue standpoint, you know, for the neighborhood itself, that once you see that retail come back and less vacant storefronts, that vibrancy you fees off each other. And I think that's going to help the valuations as well. Yeah. I did, just to kind of piggyback off Howard's point, I mean, I don't personally believe that the, the resurgence in retail is going to be an immediate thing. I think it's going to be more of a flux or some sort of a uh, an adaptation over the next several years. So it's not one of those things where... As on the residential side, I think we're kind of seeing the flip of a switch. We found the floor, rents are coming back, you know, and we, we're projecting higher than average growth rates over the next couple of year, next year or two. It's not something that we're going to be seeing on the retail side as well. I think owners, landlords have to get more creative and have to make their spaces more attractive and appealing in order to attract the tenants that are neighborhood retail to come back or new businesses, you know, your new types of tenants, you know, next generation types of companies, organizations to come in. You really have to get creative to attract them. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, there are challenges ahead. Good cause eviction is something that we're keeping an eye on. There's still going to be plenty of challenges with buildings that have predominantly rent-stabilized units, but free market right now, assuming that there's not much in terms of good cause eviction coming down the pike, there's some real room to grow there. There was a uh, Miller Samuel report that came out. There were 10,000 new lease signings in Manhattan for the month of June. That's the most they've ever recorded for a, a month since December of uh, 2008, which is actually when they first started recording. Um, the Manhattan rental market is resurging. One fun anecdote I like to share with my clients is I, I live in the West Village right off of 7th Avenue. There's an apartment building around the corner from me, a lot of great restaurants in the area right next to the one train. On more than three or four occasions now, I've been walking the neighborhood and I have seen lines out the building lobby, down the front steps, around the corner for people waiting to get in with the broker to do an apartment showing. Something I hadn't seen before in Manhattan, but I've seen it multiple times now for this one building and elsewhere. So I think there's plenty of reasons for optimism. 
Jack, I agree with you 100%. I think one of the things that we've seen in terms of the numbers, at least, is that vacancy went down drastically. Uh, it's below 3.5% now. It was north of 5 in the height of the pandemic, and it was 1.1 in the beginning of the pandemic. And I think that if I had to predict a year from now, we'll be less than 25 So I see what you see, and I think that you're absolutely right. There's a lot of optimism, and I think the bounce back is robust and will continue to move forward in a positive manner. Thank you, everybody, for sharing your insights and information. And that's it for our Manhattan Report.